Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Daydream Surf Shop podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Canelli. We have an awesome show for you today. We're featuring a shaper that is near and dear to our heart, Troy Elmore. He's located here in Costa Mesa, living in Costa Mesa, shaping in Costa Mesa, getting his boards glassed in Costa Mesa. So he's always at the shop getting coffee with his dog and his girlfriend, Fran. Um, so we see a lot of Troy here. We also have a lot of Troy's boards in our Daydream Research Center. And the whole point of this case study podcast is to bring you guys closer to the shapers that we work with through the Daydream Research Center. Troy Elmore is one of the most multifaceted surfers that I know. He's just so talented in everything that he touches. First off, he's a tremendous craftsman. He knows how to build and construct so many different types of things. Obviously, surfboards is the one that he's most well known for in our circle. But what a lot of people don't know is that Troy is actually really big in the skateboarding world as well as motorcycles. Troy has a lot of history building motorcycles, tinkering with skateboards, building surfboards. He has this underlying tone of craftsmanship that just stretches through everything that he does. If you want to learn more about Troy Elmore, stay tuned here. If you want to experience more of what Troy Elmore does on the surfing forefront, drop into Daydream. We'll take you into the Daydream Research Center. You can try out a bunch of his new boards. We have a new model that he's working on called the Reef Fried Fish. Um, that's a 5.5 five fish, little twin fin. Uh, we have a 7.2 V-bottom called a submarine. And we have an egg from him as well as a Sam's Club, which is a longboard drop on in and come to try out some of Troy's stuff. Without further ado, here is a little bit more about Troy Elmore. We'll let him take it away. I'm doing an MTV Cribs. What? <laughs> no, I wish. Yeah, the real world, I'm a shaper. Or made, I want to be a shaper. We're here, um, this is where uh, I shape my surfboards. Costa Mesa, California, next to Super Pollo. Yeah, I mean, I think I shape, I didn't really start shaping my own boards seriously until I was maybe 24, but I shaped a few and just was interested in doing it. Uh, like I remember the first, I think the first board I shaped was, I was like 20. No, it's. We, you can come back here and I'll grab it down from here if you would like to have that approach, but I'll bring it out there. This thing's so gnarly. There's no type of form or skill at all involved with this surfboard. Kind of had a round nose when we first did the outline. But the whole time I was thinking like, oh, there's a bump right there. I should probably sand into that until it just got this infinity nose. Uh, after I shaped that board, I was just more uh, like driven to make the next board look better than this one. Like this, like, I don't even think I wanted to shape or was interested in shaping. It was more just like, I need to shape one better than this. This looks bad. I just made it like a point to start shaping a lot. And, ride my own boards and stuff and I don't know like took over instantly after that so lived in Sacramento 
you can take this out or leave it in whatever it's not uh, my dad passed away and we I think I don't know my mom was over it living in Sacramento because she was originally from San Diego you know always lived around the beach and stuff and my dad was a either a firefighter or a police officer at the time and I think they put him in uh, San Joaquin so we lived in Sacramento and my grandparents my mom's mom and dad went with they were from San Diego also and uh, after my dad passed away I think my mom was just looking for I don't know like a new thing and uh, so we moved to we went to Laguna Beach first I lived there maybe I was like six or something like that and lived there for like a year or so. Just same thing, like skateboarding with all the neighborhood kids. And uh, I don't think I surfed at all in, until I was like eight blackies in the winter time. And then Prospect, like when it starts getting good there. I never go to Huntington really anymore. Uh, if I do go to Huntington, I like to surf. Uh, like Magnolia Street or but usually I just come here but I like to be able to say I'm a loke at both places like because I grew up surfing Huntington and then now or like kind of grew up surfing here too but I don't know and the smallest parking spots ever at Blackie's and everyone by has the biggest cars not gonna be able to get out that's the thing though, Blackies, everyone is like so aggressive and loves to like get in confrontations out there, but all the guys that do that can't surf. So it's like, why are you doing that? Your truck smells like up dog. <laughs> You're supposed to say, what's up dog? We're gonna do it again. I'm not clued into that. Is it me or does your truck smell like up dog? What up dog? Gotcha. I think I just drink too much coffee, but I like drinking coffee, so I'm not gonna stop. But, and I don't wear deodorant, I think it's bad for you. Uh, so I'm just, there's natural ones, but it doesn't do anything. It almost makes you sweat more, but you s smell good. Uh, maybe like 11 or something. Like I, I got it, I think I was going surfing a lot when I was like 10 and probably just was still learning, but definitely early, uh, like right, I maybe I just, picked up surfing quick but just started doing contests and stuff and I there there wasn't like the free surf route for a kid to really look at when we were younger it was like I want to be a surfer so I'm gonna do these contests and stuff and like that's what surfers do and so that's just what I did and until I learned differently but that's just I don't know what I saw and stuff and so that's what I was doing doing con that's all I knew you know I was riding shortboards and doing contests but I wouldn't really I wouldn't change it like I wouldn't want to jump straight into learning how to longboard first before because I feel like it uh, like made me understand surfing differently to like turn on a shortboard and like I don't know the fundamentals or something but I feel like that helped me so I can cross over and still shortboard or super loud. <laughs> and I, it wasn't even like a, it's not like I thought this was cool and like shortboarding was lame. 
but it just, I remember doing it, it just felt good. The feeling was just more natural than me riding a shortboard. Well, my mom would always be like annoyed with me because she would buy me skateboards or like bikes, like every kid had BMX bikes. And I would always try to like, okay, I'm gonna take everything from this BMX bike and put it on this BMX bike. And then the garage would just be like bike parts and she would be so annoyed with me. But I, I, same thing, I don't think I wanted to like, it's like really wanted to do that. Like I wanna put everything on this bike. It was more like that I could, like no, this doesn't like, this board sucks. I'll go back to this board and put these trucks on and like these wheels and stuff. So I was always messing with stuff. And maybe it was, I, I had my dad's old tools and I just, that was like a cool thing that I had of his and I wanted to use them. So maybe it was just that, that interest me with working with tools or working with my hands. That whole time I was really into motorcycles and like working on my bike or riding it and stuff. And it was just, it's almost the same type of thing as shaping where it's just fun to like build something or work on it and then ride it and like be really proud of this or it's, I don't know, maybe it's just that I like to be working with my hands or something or like using tools uh, has always, I don't know, like been like caught my eye or some or something like that so this is it right here the rest of it is just like i mean i do i've done computer stuff i still do it but for me it's that's when it feels more like a job when i'm endlessly just scrubbing boards it's not very fun at least for for me i really enjoy hand shaping and um it feels like i'm creating something or making something that i'm proud of you know I'm, I'm spending more than just like 30 minutes like sanding this board, sanding the lines off the board. And uh, I mean, I think it's a great thing to be able to, I don't know, duplicate, duplicate, duplicate a perfect surfboard. But I don't know, to me, it's still more about like crafting a board and less numbers and kind of making something that's timeless and looks cool and stuff like that. And I've always felt like the a fish is pretty similar feeling to riding a skateboard, just like how fast and loose the board is and like how quickly you can, I don't know, just like going down the line feels like riding a skateboard, you know, not even doing turns or like anything like that, just like the feeling of uh, kind of going down the line feels like cruising on a skateboard, like just doing little turns and stuff. Uh, it's really funny though hearing skaters talk about like surfing you know, like, yeah, it was like I did a frontside grind on the wave, and I don't know, I totally get that feeling too. Uh, yeah, or at least on, yeah, like on a fish, you know, just like bottom turning and highlining feels like skating, I don't know, transition where you're just like carving a wall or something like that. And it's funny to hear them talk about it. Like, I don't know if there's tricks in surfing, but it felt like I just did a lip slide or a Smith grind or something. Uh, it's pretty funny boards with effortless speed where you don't have to pump, like hop on a surfboard, you know, I don't think you really have to do that with skateboarding. It's more like you use the transition to get speed and stuff. And that's kind of how you ride fishes or single fins and stuff like that. More using the wave rather than like your body to go down the line because that kind of looks whack. So, but I've tried to listen to podcasts and audiobooks shaping and I feel like I can't concentrate enough. So just like good music. That's basically what shapers are, like professional music listeners, just like listening to so much music while they're shaping. 
I don't know. I was listening to like Ride the Lightning while shaping and was just getting so pumped to just like playing this board. Uh, Jeff Grosso, my neighbor, and he was like the one of the coolest skateboarders in the 80s. I worked at the skate shop Jokers and he would always come in when I was younger and I would go skate with him. We would call it skate safaris and we would go to different parks and stuff like that. Uh, like in one day, it was pretty, pretty rad. And then it's funny, like I am older now and, and get my own place and he lives next door. And he gave me a sex talk when I was like 18 working at the skate shop. So it's pretty funny. So this is uh, this is this is my hog. This is actually the dude that did my logo. This is just like an art thing they did. I don't. It's like two cartoon guys on a motorcycle. One has a skateboard like hanging off. That's I don't know. I just thought it was cool. So my first skateboard ever was a Corey O'Brien Santa Cruz. Uh, this is a Jeff Grosso label, but this was his Santa Cruz graphic and they've done this graphic so many times but a bunch of different things from the original and this is like actually what the original graphic was but on a Santa Cruz and I think they just did it on label for a short time. I mean originally I got into bikes or thought motorcycles were cool because uh, like my um, my dad and grandpa had Harleys, they weren't old Harleys or anything, they were just what they had then. It was like 90s, like electric glides or whatever, but I, would, I remember that was like probably one of my earliest memories. Like I'm tiny in this photo, I have to be four or something, was riding on the back of my dad's bike or my grandpa's bike uh, or my uncle also. I mean, I'm really young to be on a motorcycle. I never see kids that young on the back of someone's motorcycle anymore. I don't know if anybody said like, that's dangerous, you shouldn't do that. But at the time, I never thought twice of like, whoa, this is, I mean, I don't think you do. Like you think your dad is the coolest person in the whole world or whatever. So you're just, you have no fear whatsoever if he tells you this is fine. But I remember going on like kind of not long, like longer rides or whatever, being on the back of a bike so young. I'm like three or four. I can't even actually reach the actual passenger pegs on the motorcycle. I have my foot on like the luggage bag thing. Uh, but yeah, so I think just because of that, I've always thought motorcycles are cool. This is also my, uh, my dad's dad. So my grandpa, this is a picture of him on, he was a motorcycle cop. I mean, he was a motorcycle cop in the 60s. And I think he told me this photo was in 64 or 65. So that's actually like the last year of uh, panheads, like the motor that I have. The, they went from 48 to 65. So it's pretty cool that he's riding a panhead for his police bike back then. He looks a lot like my dad. It's, pretty cool photo. After my dad passed away, like going and hanging out with him and we would always go on the back of his bike. And I just thought like they were cool. And I remember 
my grandpa taking me like like I don't know if they were bike shows or just like little things and like what type of motorcycles that what you know and like just him teaching me and stuff like that and it was always him like what's the best type of motorcycle and stuff I'm like Harley Davidson <laughs> me and like Chase on my first bike this was that Triumph that I was talking about I was probably 18 or 19 it's just like a and we used to ride in this dirt lot across from Turkey and Scotty's house it was just like a a vacant dirt lot and we would ride in there for like 30 minutes or something until someone told us to leave. I got really into it. It's definitely something that like consumes your brain once you get into it. Like I was saying, it's like you fixate so much on all these little parts that don't matter, but it, at the same time, it's really cool to be working on something with your friends and having something to, I don't know, something that's almost like bigger than you like it's something that you connect with with people that aren't surfing and i've met so many friends through doing this stuff and it's just like cool to have like a similar passion you know that so many people do just like surfing you know but uh i don't know especially with old bikes being able to like find parts and like talk to like how i've bought the motor from some guy in tennessee you know like i this is basically what the bike would look like if it was stock, you know, not really. This is like, this is a swing arm frame, which is later in pan heads, but like huge tanks like that, windshield, big old headlight, like the bags, they have 16 inch wheels in the front and back, um, like huge, just everything's bigger. So basically, I like, I like to think of like early style choppers of the, the bikes that I'm into or more of a chopper because it's stripped down, not like you're making something crazy. Like when people hear chopper, it's like a crazy name, but it's more just like taking off the parts that are unnecessary and like making it look cool in your own way, you know? My initial feeling to riding a longboard was just like, it. this feels good. And then even with this, it's like motorcycles. It's not like there's any, I'm not like a biker or something where I'm like jamming through the states and stuff like that going on you know I've, it's just more like i enjoy like the sound and like the feeling i get riding it and like just riding around town with friends and like it's really fun to go on road trips and stuff too but it's more just like the feeling of i don't know it just feels good that's it you know like it and working on it and learning and stuff like that and breaking down and learning how to fix it or like what broke and just feeling like accomplished and that you're learning something in a way, you know? Well, that just about wraps up our third case study on Troy Elmore. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. And if you have a chance to check out some of our earlier podcasts, we highly recommend it. If you're somebody that enjoys surfboards, surf history, board design you gotta go over to mark andrini's podcast that's the first podcast that we did and there's just a wealth of information mark andrini's been shaping for 50 plus years and he knows his way around a surfboard and he's also super tapped into surf history so make sure you get over to our website and check that out also if you're interested in displacement holes Greg Little is your guy. He is the displacement hole god. And he doesn't have a lot of information out there on the internet about him. He's kind of reclusive, keeps to himself. So 
If you want to learn more about Greg, check out the information that Kirk Putnam has for us on case study number two. Also check out the videos that we do with these podcasts. They're super fun and I'm excited for you guys to see them. If there's anything you guys want to see, leave us a comment. We'd be stoked to hear your feedback. Um, Definitely curious if there's anybody out there that you want to see highlighted from Daydream. We look forward to bringing you more podcasts like this in 2020. Uh, We just shot an episode with Ryan Lovelace, so get excited. That one's going to be coming out soon. And thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.